Hello, my name is Adrian Goldberg and thank you for downloading the latest episode of Coronavirus Stories. This time a view from the epicentre of the outbreak in Italy, from the northern region known as Lombardy. There have been more than 8,000 deaths in Italy, the highest number in the world and twice the rate seen in China. Here's Polly's story. My name is Polly Rendell and I've lived in Lombardy for a year. I'm now a resident, still a British citizen, but I've got Italian residency and I work in the care industry here. What is the feeling in Lombardy at the moment, Polly? Well, it began for us here the weekend of the 22nd, 23rd of February. Sadly, Italy experienced two deaths after a sudden rise of cases. There were On a Friday evening, it was reported that there had been a sudden rise of 130 infections, followed very quickly by two deaths. And Italy immediately, within 24 hours, they had locked down 12 towns in the region we live in. I checked very quickly if this was one of the towns. The 12 towns were the town I, I live in, and it wasn't. However, I didn't take any chances, and I self-isolated immediately when I wasn't at work. So I, didn't, I actually haven't been out in this region, Milan or any of the region, since actually the 20th of February. I, I've only worked or self-isolated, so it's over a month now. And it was too close for me, you know, 12 towns in this region and I just, I just didn't want to take any risks and I self-isolated, as I said, immediately. And what has it been like then in the weeks since the 22nd of February as this tragedy has unfolded? The feeling I get in comparing it to Britain, uh, which I don't want to do too much of because it's a different culture. We are, we are all different. We have the same virus, but we're all different. Is that everybody was very quick to hear, to obey and get on with whatever the government wanted us to do, we, you know, obviously people had to move around, they had to go back maybe to families or children, or they had to sort of settle themselves for the long haul. They knew it and we knew it would be. So there was a bit of an adjustment. But then we were just paying attention to the news, like all day long. But it's got to the point now where although supermarkets and pharmacies are the only places open. To be honest, I don't even want to really go to a supermarket and pharmacy. You, you have to. We're being very frugal now with, with our shopping. We, we make things last. We think carefully about our shopping because really we don't really want to go out of the front door. That's where we're at now. And is that common then in Lombardy? As have people effectively gone to ground other than for very basic shopping trips? Yes, they really have. It's it's a bit sad, but the only sound we hear are ambulances. It's quite chilling. That's all you hear when you would have heard everybody going about their business. You know, normal activities, you know, traffic, we're hearing people or it's sort of just gone. That You know, the, everyone's, it, the roads are empty. Everyone's gone to ground, like you said, yes. Immediately, you, you get that feeling from the news. You can get it from where I live. Yes, people didn't take any chances because the main message that they got across very early on was that, even if you were to get mild symptoms, you weren't in the high risk groups, you could pass it on to someone else. And we all know someone here in the high risk group, either low immunity or underlying health problem or um, elderly. And there's a big elderly community here. I work with people in, in this age range. So for me, it was, it was just an absolute given that, you know, it's not about me, it's about protecting other people more vulnerable to yourself. 
you know, you just do it. I'm, I feel very lucky I've been able to carry on working, but I do spare a thought, obviously, for people who don't have that certainty and how you would manage financially isolating is now a troubling situation. But uh, I'm fortunate that I've been able to keep working and I do bear that in mind that I've not been out anywhere, you know, as I say, since the 20th of February. And do you feel, I know you've kept a, a close eye on what's gone on in the UK as well, that the messaging in Italy about the need to stay away from public situations has been clearer there than here where I'm speaking. Yes. Yep. And and quick. Italy went were very quick. Within 24 hours of 130 increase, 24 hours, they had 12 towns in quarantine. I think it's to do with maybe different cultures and how they respond to government proclamations and um, warnings. But the government weren't doubted. We just obeyed immediately. But it, it took a little bit of time because a fortnight after the 12 towns were locked down, they had to lock down the whole of Lombardy. And then the day after, on the 9th of March, the whole of Italy. And it was because people thought, well, I live outside the 12 towns. I'll just, I'll be okay. And that message, they just had, they reinforced fortnight later. They just locked it down just to, just to be clear that you you were all we everybody had to be careful even if you weren't living in one of the 12 towns but yes more needs to be looked into reactions to government warnings you know down the line maybe i don't know but i follow what's going on in britain because i have a, a mother in britain and a sister and a brother and i have you know, all my family my mother's actually been isolating on my advice <laughs> much longer than the government, uh, British government, asked the, the, the public to. I, I've had her in isolation for weeks and she's she's followed it. Following what she, I was saying daily to her from Italy, she got prepared weeks ago, at least three weeks ago. I said, you know, it's, it's coming. Please, can you know, she's over 70 and uh, I wanted her to start preparing, which she has done. And so when the call came, she'd already been going a week already. And yet Italy is the country with the highest number of recorded deaths from coronavirus. And the part of the country that you are in, Lombardy, is the epicentre of Italy's outbreak. Why do people think that is? There's a lot of guesswork. So I'll give you a a few. I think it's, you know, I'll give you a few ideas. We're very near... Lombardy is very close to the ski resorts, Italian and Swiss and French. And it's a big hobby here in northern Italy. A lot of people, you can just go skiing in a day if you want. You can go, you can literally leave here, drive and go day skiing and return. And there is a connection somehow. There There were Brits returning from China spotter skiing on the way back and returning to Britain. So there was some, some, there was some link in the ski resorts here, Italy predominantly. So we, we're wondering whether it's people before the first death and the sudden 130 increase on the 21st of February. You know, it was in full swing. The skiing season was in full swing, snowboarding, skiing. As I say, it's like you can literally do that in a day. You could come back having skied all afternoon and come back home. People do it for the weekend. So we're wondering whether that, that that's uh, because people had travel back from China skiing on their way back to Italy, France, Germany, Britain, elsewhere, possibly even America. 
So there's a connection there. There's a huge elderly population here who were cared for at home. They're not necessarily in care homes. So maybe people who had, were unaware they had the virus because of the incubation period were then caring for um, elderly relatives at home, which is very, very common here. A huge majority of people have either parents or grandparents, great-grandparents at home, and they're caring for them. And the numbers are still pre-lockdown. And it was only 12 towns initially a month over a month ago. We are only just over two weeks from Italy and the Lombardy region being locked down. So it's still early days with the statistics in terms of pre-lockdown and then after lockdown. Are you afraid? Yeah, very afraid. I really don't like going to the supermarket. I dread it. I've had I, I, I've been crying, you know, and then I get myself together. <laughs> You know, I've been uh, worried, you know, you sort of um, just just in my own, I was I started out worried for the vulnerable, the elderly, the, the people with underlining health problems. I'm 50. I have no underlining health problems. But now it's moved on. We know more about the virus. You know, it really is getting any age group. Uh, you don't have to be unwell. You don't have to be have underlining problems. And I would do it's like being uh, in a very scary movie. I would do anything to be somewhere else right now. Okay, Polly. Well, listen, we'll stay in touch with you and wish you all the very best and obviously hope that you stay safe in Lombardy. But really fascinating to get a glimpse of what life is like there at the epicentre of the global coronavirus pandemic. Thank you so much for your time. You're very welcome. Thank you, Adrian, for your time. Thank you. Thanks very much indeed for listening to the latest episode of Coronavirus Stories. And don't forget, if you've got a coronavirus story that you want to share with me, please drop me an email to goldbergradio at gmail.com and follow the progress of the podcast on Twitter at Goldberg Radio. Thanks for listening and stay safe.